Hey, what are you guys doing out here? It's Halloween. We've been trick-or-treating. Are you alone? There's a creepy man in a white mask. Where? And he keeps, like, trying to play hide-and-seek with us. Where did you see him? Look! set the fire. No one told you. <gasps> told me what? Michael Myers is alive. A man couldn't have survived that fire. Forty years ago, the boogeyman came for us. We are the survivors of Michael Myers. Lori, what do we do? We fight. Mom, our family will kill him. We're gonna hunt him down and we're gonna put an end to this. He is not gonna stop killing until we stop him. If you track Michael's victims, that's a straight line to Michael's childhood home. Hello and welcome to Killer Casting. It is I, Lisa Zambetti. It is October. It's my favorite time of year. And Thanks. I'm here talking to one of my favorite queers. Hey! <laughs> Hello. I literally like just jumped in before even you even said anything about me. I was like, yeah, same. October is my favorite too. Same. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us who you are. Well, I am H. Allen Scott. Google me. No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm a writer, comedian, drag person, all around weirdo person. Oh, my favorite. Yeah. You're my, fa- you're my favorite multi-hyphenate. I, you know? I was talking about this on the other podcast that I do. I mean, I don't do your, I'm a guest on your podcast, but like I do this other podcast, you're making it worse. And we were talking about how I, you know, I, I'm a stand-up. I'm a comedian, like first and foremost, that's what I am. And but I don't, I'm also like a journalist and a writer and like, there's lots of different things. It's yeah. like, I love having that sort of like weird sort of multi hyphenate career. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And you can do that now. It used to be, you could only be one thing. I remember back when I was an actor, it's like, you had to be an actor, you yeah. could be a writer, you couldn't be a director. And now it's like, I felt that with stand up hardcore. And now like, like I have that new audible series, the murder of Robert Wanna, and it's a very serious series. Like it's not funny at all, mm-hmm. but yet 
it's also another side of me. You know what I mean? Well, tell That's, us about that. I don't even know about that. Tell us what oh, that is. Yeah, it just came out like a couple of weeks ago. It's a it's a true crime case that I've been obsessed with for years. As a performer, I would go to DC and people knew I was obsessed with true crime. And that's how you and I met was over my obsession over true crime. And so I was obsessed with this case. And it's a, a man in 2006 was murdered in the home of three gay men who were in a polyamorous relationship. And they, it was very suspicious, the murder. And so I've been obsessed with the case for years. And then, you know, Jeff Bezos was like, here's some money. And <laughs> oh, Jeff. Oh, Jeff, he's in space. He's throwing money at queer people. Like, you know, he's just doing all kinds of divorcing his ex-wife. Like he's doing crazy things. I love you, Jeff, though. Give me more money. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a great it's a really interesting case. And it really sort of I just would I don't want to give a lot away, but it's a it's it's yeah. It's but is it a, so where can we hear it or can we it's on audible? So you just go to audible and it's called the murder of Robert Wan and you can hear it all exclusively there. You can people were having trouble searching for the name of the podcast, which like audible get your shit together so look for me just google me and you'll be able to find me on we audible. will definitely we'll put it in the show notes and maybe yeah. if you want to record if, do you have like a trailer for it or something maybe i do i'll send it. you the trailer yeah, yeah then we will put it you'll in love there. it I, you'll, I mean you especially will love it. yeah like i know you will love it <laughs> well yes so it's so funny though because as much as i am into true crime and i cast a you know criminal procedural i really don't watch horror movies really yes and i get that surprises off- me yeah i mean and i get offered to cast them i you know fairly regularly i guess mm-hmm. obviously people will and generally kind of the writing is just very they're not- very different true yeah. crime and horror are very different though and yeah. i find that the fans often don't necessarily overlap Right. But, you know, I'll, I'll I don't know what it is about some of the scripts that I've been sent. They're very, very bloody, very yeah. traumatizing. And so I don't tend to do them very often. But when I do, I cast somebody like Adrian Barbeau. Because, yeah, yeah and, of course. And, and so, yeah, I wanted to talk kind of about this character called the Scream Queen. Now, if you yeah. were in our business, entertainment, you kind of know what that is. We have a lot of true crime uh, people who listen who might not know what a Scream Queen queen is so i mean as a wonderful queen yourself please define (laughs) um what what's a scream queen well i feel like now scream queen is sort of like it's it's i mean well people think of the show first and foremost like that's like that's the first thing people think the ryan murphy you mean the ryan murphy the ryan murphy show yeah Mm -hmm. with leah michelle and who else emma roberts emma roberts yeah. yeah but scream queen is like really just sort of like the definition of I mean, I hate to say it, but that blonde girl gets murdered in 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 a lot of horror movies. You know what I mean? Like you think about like we think about Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween. You think about although right. she is kind of a different scream queen, but you yeah. think she's she's a little bit outside the box of the scream queens. But you think of, I mean, you think even of like her mom in Psycho. Mm-hmm. You know, you think of the you think of, uh, but I mean, I think fundamentally it comes from '80s horror movies where you have the beautiful buxom woman who is like, oh, the killer is running after me. I should go hide. Oh yeah. In a place where they store the machetes. I'll hide there. And, and in my lingerie. In my Why lingerie. Not? My my top just blew off in this wind, <laughs> this wind we're having. Oh, there's a murderer. Ah, That's a scream queen. Literally, right. I think they often are portrayed as dumb, although I never saw them as dumb. And and because I always found, I mean, as as a gay person, I gravitate towards women, everything like and in any film, any entertainment thing, it's always the woman, even if there's a gay dude. And I'm like, murder him. I'm going to the woman. But uh, it's then that's a scream queen. Scream queen is sort of like 
I think there's a power to a scream queen, which I think Ryan Murphy tried to do with the TV show. Mm-hmm. And and we're seeing more so with like newer horror genre, like Tony Collette and Hereditary. Yeah. That's not a scream queen, but you could argue she is a scream queen and she's like ruling the day. Like yeah. she's incredible. So it's a, uh, it's a weird, it's, it's kind of becoming a vague term at these, these days. Well, I was going to say that I think it's evolved and generationally evolved into yeah. different things. So it used to be for one thing, for people who aren't in our industry, a horror film is really kind of a sure bet. If you're a producer, because they for usually sure. make their money back. They usually make money. And because of that, they are open to casting relatively unknown actors who Mm -hmm. they don't have to pay that much. And so it's kind of interesting how many really super famous actresses got their start in Renee Zellweger. Renee Zellweger, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. I mean, I have yeah. a whole list here and it's kind of a really great launching pad for them. Let me just, I mean, Michelle Williams, Jennifer yeah. Connelly, even Kristen Stewart. And more recently, people like Micah Monroe, even mm-hmm. Rachel Weitz. Yeah. Um, they they kind of they get their start before they're famous in a, a horror genre film, and then it kind of catapults them. Yeah. On the other hand, there are some actresses who who almost are too good in mm. the genre, and they can't get any other kind of work outside of the genre. Yeah, and then there are some that just completely embrace a franchise, you know. Yeah, and, and I think Nev Campbell was probably the mo- the more modern version of a scream queen in that she was catapulted to stardom Mm -hmm. with scream but it didn't kill her career you know she was and she was definitely continued to be a sought after leading she was great in house of cards that one season oh yeah yeah she's wonderful she's just fantastic and as you you mentioned jamie lee curtis i think she started out as a scream queen and i think maybe you you know we should ask ben share about this but i think it kind of hurt her career i know isn't yeah. he dreamy? But he, I think it kind of hurt her career for a while, but she was able to reinvent herself. And now she completely embraces it. She's in. Oh, my God. She's, she's back in the did house. You see the picture of her like yesterday. She dressed up as her mom from Psycho. Like I, she's just yes. she's completely into this horror thing now. But I do think there was like a period of time where after Halloween, too, because she did Halloween, too. And I, I'm Halloween is like my favorite of all mm, of the horror films. Like mm-hmm. I love Halloween. And she did Halloween, too. And it. It wasn't great. And then she kind of, yeah, it did kind of hurt her career. But the reason why I say she's kind of like an outlier in the Scream Queens in that Scream Queens, I think, based on like that new genre of horror films, that sort of 80s, even though Scream or even the Halloween was sort of late 70s, it sort of is in that packet of like 80s horror films. And there was these series of horror films where the Scream Queen had to be often blonde, always white and and dumb and sort of used for her body like it was used sort of to show off this she was the sex appeal that was getting murdered in the in the film or whatever and so jamie lee curtis wasn't really that because she was more nuanced she was sort of a dowdy girl who was bookish and decided to babysit on halloween because you know everyone else had their boyfriends or whatever like she she was kind of different in a way she was a she was i think kind of the start of adding a bit more nuance to the scream queen in a way and, and elevating it. Yeah. 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 For sure. Cause um, she really was strong. She's a strong character. Like she, she fights back. Right. And are you, I'm sure you are, you're familiar with this um, trope called the final girl. Yes. So there is a book I just started 
kind of reading about this book. Um, Men, Women and Chainsaws, Gender in the Modern Horror Film by Carol J. Clover, Ooh, which, was, which was pub- published in 1992. But I think we've heard that that there's always there are the girls who get murdered you yeah. know, during a, a horror movie. And they, you know, certainly are not the virgins. Usually, you know, yeah. they're, they're the bad girls. But then it comes down to a final girl being chased by by the maniac and mm-hmm. how. And it's interesting because this book asks, like, are are horror films misogynist or are they really feminist revenge yeah. material? Um, I think and- they can be both. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's an interesting thing. Like, I think that's a really interesting conversation. Another conversation is like the love, the, the, the sort of impact that race plays in a lot of these films, because mm-hmm. every successful woman who has come from the horror genre, I would argue is a white woman. And, you know, you look at that list, there's the Renee, Absolutely. there's Jennifer Aniston, there's Rachel Weiss, there's all these people, and they're all white women. And they're all allowed to succeed in, you look at even like, from like the comical ones, like Scary Movie with with Anna Ferris. like, you know, you yeah. see where Anna Ferris's career is now, and she's on a great sitcom and, you know, whatever, making a lot of money. And a lot of the non-white women in the film, like Regina, Regina Hall's doing amazing right now, but like, I would argue to say that she's probably not as well known as Anna Ferris, And it's like, yeah. There is this, there's this double standard. You look at even like, I know what you did last summer and you had uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, but then you also had Brandy, Brandy. but like they both of their careers kind of went in weird directions, but like, you know what I mean? Like there's Absolutely. this sort of, they have to be the best friend or they have to be the, they're never sort of the lead, if you will, or like the strong presence in the film. And that's changing now with a lot of like us, for example, a great, mm-hmm. great, great film from a couple of years ago. Like there's there, it's changing in a lot of really nuanced ways, but the role that race plays is really, really interesting in horror. And there's like not a great history of diversity in horror films. No. And not even with sexual orientation. I oh, mean, certainly not. Yeah. I mean, if you're gay, you're, you're definitely getting killed. I mean, you are definitely <laughs> getting killed. And if you are getting killed, it's going to be a comical murder. It's going to be like one that you should have saw coming. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. Something even more degrading than yeah, just being yeah. murdered. It's kind of gross, but I mean, but then, but then I keep watching it. That's the problem. Like, but then again, also in horror genres, you have like the Freddy Krueger horror films where they use homosexuality and they use that queer sexuality to sort of make the murder more sort of scary and also exciting in a way you know what i mean like i've never watched any of those you see you see gay what's i don't know No, he's not gay but he sort of uses like there's a there's a famous one i think i forget which one now they all sort of blend together for me because there's been so many but there's a shower scene a high school shower scene in one where he's having the nightmare in the shower scene and and it, it it's kind of the shower scenes used against him the characters it's used against the character and right. it's it's not homoerotic but it is erotic in a different kind of way and so that's but there so there are examples of like nuanced sexuality mm-hmm. in horror films mm-hmm. it isn't always the gay guy getting killed but more often than not the gay guy is getting killed <laughs> right right it's so funny because uh, so I cast Adrian Barbeau in this, hor- this rare horror mo- movie that I've cast called Unearth. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of it was it's a fracking horror movie. I don't know maybe oh. that's why I was drawn to it. I don't know. Interesting. It was just a really more it was a really interesting. And there were there were um, a lot of. Um, there were gay relationships in it. It was, it was, it's a really cool, cool script. But um, yeah. of course, they really wanted to get somebody fancy for the lead, the matriarch who kind of tries to save her family. Um, 
And, you know, there's only a few people on that list who are really going to make an impact in this genre world who are going to be able to go to the conventions and everything. And God lover, Adrian Barbeau, you know, who I'd cast on Criminal Minds in a very Mm -hmm. scary thing. She said yes to do this. And she's fantastic in this movie, but she completely embraces it. She's like, I mean, she has made a career out of being the scream queen. In what way? Because if she's embracing it, like there is this sort of like stereotype that gets put on actresses, particularly actresses that take these sort of, they use the scream queen sort of trope and they are successful at it in a lot of ways. So she was like proud of it. She was like, she's, she, she, I mean, they go to the conventions and they do these things and they're very proud of this work because it is unlike a lot of genres. I feel like the audiences are devoted to these people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's work. Yeah, it's work. I mean, regular for a, for, work for a woman over 40 yeah. to be so in demand. She's going to mm-hmm. be the top of the call sheet. She's going to be on the poster. I don't even know how how mature Adrian is at this point. Um, but I mean, she's working and working and working. Yeah. And, and it's due to her being embraced by that fandom. And in some ways, it makes me kind of sad because I know she can probably do so much more, mm-hmm. but she is definitely typecast. And even on television, I mean, when she was in, I think she was in Sons of Vanarchy, maybe mm-hmm. she kind of played, a, you know, kind of a similar role. And definitely on Criminal Minds, she was, you know, yeah. similar scream queenie role. But, you know, she definitely parlayed it uh, to her benefit. And, you know, she's traveled all over the world. She's She was yeah. talking about she does a lot of work in Europe. You know, I think it's kind of a double-edged sword in a lot of ways because I often, you know, I, I do a lot of like celebrity interview stuff. And uh-huh. a lot of times I find myself wanting to like tell the celebrity, you were robbed for such and such, or you like, you deserve to be doing this or that or whatever, because I, as a fan, want them to be like the best that I see in my head. You know what I mean? Like, I remember mm-hmm. I was recently talking, this had anything to do with horror, although she was in Screen Queen. Um, I was talking with Niecy Nash about... Uh, just her work on claws and other things. And I loved her in this show, Getting On, which is not horror at all, but yeah, she yeah, was yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. She yeah, was yeah. amazing in Getting On. And I was so viscerally angry when she didn't win the Emmy. I was so angry that she, because it was, it was beautiful, nuanced, career-changing yeah. work. And yeah. it changed her career. She went from comedy to be doing lots of other stuff, doing yeah. great dramas, doing Selma, doing When They See Us, like doing great dramas. And... So she became this amazing actress that I always knew she was from Reno 911 and all these other things. Mm-hmm. And I found myself asking her, like, we're, I mean, I was so angry when you didn't win the Emmy. And then I, I hear it in my head and I'm thinking, well, no, but she's proud of her work and yeah. she's proud of the work that she's doing and the direction she's going and, you know, what she's doing. And I'm sure she probably thinks she could do any role in the world, but right. she's proud of the work that she is doing and that she's putting into the world. And so I, as a fan, just need to be down for the journey with her, whatever she does. Yeah, I absolutely know. And you just reminded me, that's kind of how I feel about soap opera actors on the soaps that I grew up with or who that somehow have been in and out of my life. Like Mm -hmm. I, some of those actors, I'm like, you're so good. I want to put you on this show. And it's, and almost like, it's almost like an insult though to them. It becomes, yeah. Yeah. Like it's really interesting. Like they shouldn't be proud of the work that they've done where I fell in love with them. And and I have been able to put on some soap opera actors on the criminal minds and other shows. And I'm always, it's like this little private, like, thing do you ever like me. fan out? Like you find, cause I mean, I'm sure you're like me. I know we're a lot of like, I'm sure you're like me in that. Like 
you find this one person who did this one random small thing in something and you become obsessed with them oh, and then yeah. you follow everything that they do. Do you cast people then because you're just as obsessed with that one little thing that they oh, did? Oh, absolutely. One- We've talked about this before, but if you did anything on the wire, I don't care if you were just like <laughs> delivered one bag of drugs to somebody, I will cast you. If you did anything on Friday Night Lights, <laughs> I will cast you. Literally, but- you're naming the two shows that I make jokes of. We because I'm like, it. those are the two shows that straight people always tell gay people to watch, but we're never going to watch. <laughs> I know. But one time I did. Ca- if you've watched Days of Our Lives, then oh. you know who Drake Horkston is. He played Roman. Oh. Um, he, he, he's he been the lead love interest for like 40 years. Right. But <laughs> only if you've watched Days of Our Lives. Yeah. But he, we needed some we needed some senator role on Criminal Minds. And he came in and read for it. And I was like peeing my pants. Nobody else knew who he was at all. (laughs) But, you know, he'd been on camera forever. He just had this ease about him. And then in the table read, like all the producers are like, who is this guy? Because, you know, he's got silver hair. He's older. And it was a tiny role, but he did it. And people were like, who is that? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Do you know how many women would be like, you know, flooding the studio right now if they knew that he was... Here, you know, I don't know. That's how um, I was with, I was at a, a rap party for, for um, oh, Hot in Cleveland. And uh, and I, there were literally so many people there. And of course I was there because of Betty White, but I, because I have the Golden Girls tattoo, whatever. And I, I was at this party and there were so many people there that I should have been geeking out on, right? You know, like mm. Valerie Bertinelli, like oh. so many great people. Yeah. And instead I was obsessed with Monica Horn, who is Phil Rosenthal's wife, whom I'm a Phil Rosenthal. He created um, Everybody Loves Raymond, and I'm obsessed with his writing, and Uh I'm obsessed with him as just sort of his career and his comedian. I'm obsessed with her too, and I find so I went literally over to her. Everyone else is freaking out. I'm only focusing on (laughs) Monica Horn. (laughs) She must have been so happy. She's incredible. She's incredible, and she she made a great decision to marry an incredible man too. And I just I'm 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 I love both of them very much. So yeah, I I can relate to that to being the geeking out on the one person that no one else is caring about in the room. That's usually me. A close friendship between two men. Joe was gay and Robert was straight. An unconventional relationship. A family of three. They were living in a quite open, polyamorous relationship. One fateful night. There were whispers, of course, saying, what is a straight man doing in this house with three gay men? A night that ends in murder. We had someone that was in our house, evidently, and they stabbed somebody. They said that an intruder came into their house and killed him. I know it may sound fucking crazy, but it is crazy. You have three men who appear to have just showered standing around their living room in robes. And that's when we all knew something was very strange about this case. Wrist ankle restraints, assorted clamps and clips, penis vices. This was a very salacious case that had drugs, sex, BDSM, everything in it. They were lying. They were lying that they had this story together. They suspected from the very beginning that these guys were hiding information, that they had a script. For Washington, this was a trial that the city was absolutely obsessed with. It's a tragedy, the whole thing is. Everybody loses. This is the murder of Robert Wan, only on Audible. Audible. 
Do you know who Ari Gross is? Yes. Remind uh, me. He was on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to look up. Look him up to properly credit him. Um, so just give me one little second. And then I want to talk to you. Talk to you about oh, the- I do know Ari Gross because he was in a great, yes, he was on Ellen, but he was in a great, great, great film called Big Eden where he played this um, this gay man. Ari Gross is the best. Yeah. He played this gay man who he was from Alaska and he had like left home and just like moved to New York or whatever. And he, someone was sick at home. I forget the details, but he goes back to Alaska and it was just such a sweet but pre sort of like pre-marriage equality, pre-gay rights, sort of like a massive amount of knowledge out there or anything. He just sort of did this film. Ari Gross is great. Yeah, I want to I'm trying for our listeners to try. Also to not a horror film. <laughs> not a horror film. I know. I'm trying to figure out what you guys might have known him for, because it was kind of back in kind of the 80s. He was on a diagnosis. What was it? He was yeah. famous for something. I remember. Anyway, I saw him in a play in Pasadena. And he was so good. I think the play was called This Fucking Bird or The Seagull, <laughs> This Fucking Whatever It Was. He was so good. And yeah. so then I was able to cast him on Criminal Minds as a as one of the psychos. And I was just gushing. I yeah. mean, and nobody else was like, why are you? Oh, what? I would be gushing. So because he was the one who came in before. Who's that guy from Entourage? Who's the main douchebag on Entourage that won all the Emmys? Oh, Ari. I mean, Ari. Well, but the but the actor's name. Um, he's the agent. He's the agent guy. Every he's balding, but is embarrassed about yes, it. Jeremy, now he he's a stand-up comedian. Jer- yeah. Jeremy, what's that's Jeremy name? Renner. Jeremy. Are you talking about Joe Rogan? No, you're not gonna make Joe Rogan. No, 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 no. I, I literally, I feel like every gay person watching is like, yep, that dude. Um, <laughs> Jeremy Piven. Yeah. Okay. I like to make fun of Jeremy Piven because to me he's the biggest joke in Hollywood. But I, I, I know I'm really mean about Jeremy Piven. It's just my thing. I know, but he replaced Ari on Ellen. So Ari was on Ellen when it was called These Friends of Mine. And then he carried it over to the first season of when it shifted to being Ellen. And then after that, they did like a full cast rehaul and it became whatever. And Jeremy Piven replaced Ari Gross in on Ellen. And so maybe that's why I hate Jeremy Piven. Maybe that's (laughs) why. Shoot, I was like... Oh my god! I was looking for whatever he was on, but now I can't. I don't know. I hope, I hope Jeremy Piven listen listens to this and hears. Oh, I'm this. sure he does. To, I'm sure he I've been trying to get that message to him for years. <laughs> <laughs> You're a joke, and I hate you. Oh my god! Uh, maybe you'll see him at a sushi restaurant. Isn't he the one that maybe. got like, poisoned with mercury poisoning for eating too much sushi? Is that why he's embarrassed about his hairline? I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. Okay, but do, do you remember this reality show? I, I watched it late one night and I binged the whole thing on VH1 and it was called Scream Queens. Oh, yes. This yes. was the most psychotic. I never watched it, but I know of it. Oh, my God. So it's hosted by James Gunn, the very yeah. famous, infamous director. Yeah. And so the, the premise is they have all these actresses, these unknown actresses, and they're going to mm-hmm. put them through their paces on this reality TV show. And mm-hmm. then the winner gets to be like in saw six or something like that. And the things they make these actresses do mm-hmm. it, it's just like crazy. Obviously there's like one where they have to scream their head off one. They have yeah. to learn how to like jump out of a window and be chased down a hall. And the other is like where they have to talk a psychopath, like improvise, talk a psychopath out of killing them. No, I mean, it was just and then they had to go to acting classes with this with John Homa, who's a Hollywood acting teacher. And, you know, he would really get in there like what really frightens you. And I'm trying to think I what mean, I would tell a psychopath to not kill me. I'd probably be like, <laughs> hey, 
I'm fat. It's going to be heavy. It, like a dead weight. Me as dead weight. You're not going to want to deal with that. Like that's, oh this is gosh. not good for you. I probably bleed a lot because there's a lot more of me. So like, I don't know. I would probably make it inconvenient for the serial killer to kill me. Well, you know, you could annoy them and they could just run away. I don't know. Uh, but it was just like this, this traumatic. They like, had to go through all of these scenarios. And these are all scenarios that I've cast. You know, imagine that yeah. your child has been kidnapped. Imagine that this and that, you know. Um, And at the end, they're supposed to. And I was looking at the actresses who had been on it, and I only recognize a couple of them who actually went on to continue acting after being (laughs) on this reality show. Anyway, Scream Queens VH1. It's a good, you know, I need to watch that. I I knew of it at the time, but I I did not watch it. I think probably because I was like, also, I was never a huge fan of the Saw films. So maybe that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Those are. Those are I mean, I there's one that's good because it's basically an allegory for like universal health care, which I support. Um, but uh, yeah, there's one that I saw in the theaters randomly that a friend took me to because, you know, I'll watch horror films. I love horror films, but mm-hmm. they took me to it knowing that I was never really a, a saw person. And then watching it, I was like, wait, this is a case for universal health care. Like it was <laughs> fully about like him paying for cancer treatment, like all these kind of it was. A, I forget the plot, but it was really was about that. And I was like, OK, I'm into this. I like this. Yeah. So yeah. Shawnee Smith, I think, was in the she was the sc- scream queen of the yeah. Saw series. Yeah. And uh, she was also a host on the reality show Scream Queen. Oh. <laughs> OK, well, there you go. Right. Well, I mean, I was just noticing just recently that this the horror genre, you know, on, on TV and in film seems to be mm-hmm. getting elevated. And I mean, you have Vera Familia yeah. doing all those conjuring movies. And I, I don't mm-hmm. watch those movies. And I'm like, what is oh, I love them. Draws? Do you so what is it that would draw? I mean, she is a fantastic actress. I mean, I think because it's not, yeah, she is a fantastic actress, Oscar nominee, like great, great actress. And I think because one of the things I will say about the horror genre that is maybe different from maybe some of the other work that she's getting offered is that she doesn't necessarily have to play the mom or mm. the wife or the the things that a lot of unfortunately ha- what happens or roles that are offered to a lot of women over 40 and instead here she is playing an amazing educated academic woman who travels literally the world to help these people who are suffering from these sort of crazy problems that happen in the conjuring you know all the situations they get into right and right, right. and even though she is someone's wife in the film she's not the wife do you know what i mean she's mm-hmm. and especially in this latest conjuring the film was okay but she the, it was all sort of around her and it was sort of like she was the reaction to everything that was kind of going on and she's sort of the center of what makes it work in a lot of ways and in right. the story and so i think that in itself is a different kind of character that I don't think, I mean, I'm not a woman, I'm not an actress, I don't know the roles that she's getting offered, but I would imagine it's probably very different from a lot of the roles she's being, she's being, getting, uh, being offered, you know what I yeah, mean? I think that that's true. Which is unfortunate, but she's still great in them. Right, right. Do you consider Kathy Bates a scream queen? Oh, yes. Kathy Bates is one of the scream queens, but she's not... She's, again, a part of that sort of nuanced portrayal of women in horror in that she's often not the victim. She's mm-hmm. she's the catalyst for a lot of the horror. She's a catalyst. You look at her in um, American Horror Story. You look at her in Misery. You look at her. Yeah. It really just I mean, there, there are other films, but like those two in particular, those two mm-hmm. those two projects 
she's she's a she's a queen of horror and she creates the scream often yeah. that happens you know what i mean and yeah, 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 it's kind yeah. of like the and so does jamie lee curtis in halloween a lot of times and so does tony collette in hereditary and mm. you know you watch these sort of the the horror film or even um paranormal activity you know those films where mm-hmm. again the story is centered often around the women like it all like those the the story of paranormal activity is so interesting in that it's it's a horror film but it's sort of a psychological horror film and paranormal of course and they it's about it's a story about two sisters mm. which is like so interesting that you never see that yeah that's like when do you, yeah yeah you never see that and then and even as the film the 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 franchise sort of expands you don't you see that it's it's sort of all about the female connection within these stories so like mm-hmm. it starts with the one sister and then it goes to the other sister and then it goes to the mom and the two girls as little girls the sisters as little girls and it's sort of all about this this horror that these sisters are having to live with and are perpetuating in a lot of ways and where else do you see that you don't see that in any other genre a lot of times yeah well then definitely the horror genre is evolving and changing because that certainly wasn't when i was yeah certainly when i was an actor it was not a cool thing to be in a horror movie you know it It probably still isn't for a lot of i bet a lot of up-and-coming actors sort of question especially if you're on the brink of sort of doing more work or you want to get more work you i would i can see a young actor questioning taking a horror movie yeah i mean you You have to really trust you have to i mean your agent has had to done the work and know who these producers are know what they're like like you were saying like what the bigger picture is what's the bigger message what's Mm -hmm. you know instead of it just going to be a slash although eli roth is one of my husband's best friends. And yeah. so I, you know, I've watched some of his movies and I'm like, okay, there's no, there's no big message here. It's just all <laughs> gore. But um, yeah. there in some ways I, I was with him at a screening when, when Hostel 2 came out. Now I'd never mm-hmm. seen Hostel 1 and yeah. I thought, oh, it's going to be a sex romp, you know, but with the <laughs> kids, you know, backpacking through Europe. No, 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 no. But there was something kind of beautiful in the grand guignol of it all, mm-hmm. in the the macabre of it all. Um, there was something kind of weirdly beautiful about it, which yeah. I know a lot of people will be shocked that I'm saying that because so many women do get horrifically mutilated in it. And he's just the sweetest person. So, yeah. you know, it's just so funny that because well, I think a lot of times horror people, especially people who direct horror. And again, I I mean, I I would love to see a horror genre directed by a woman or more than just sort of uh Jordan Peele or like, you know, yeah. have have sort of Hollywood needs to give access and give money to creative people that aren't just white dudes in yeah. telling these sort of horror stories because I think then we'll tell. You know, there was that show on uh, Amazon, Them, I think it was called. And it was a great series about a black family moving into Compton in Los Angeles in the 50s and sort of the mm-hmm. horrors that and it's it's a horror show, but it's also like very real at the same yeah. time. Yeah, the just there just needs to be more because, I mean, wh- white dudes are directing more nuanced portrayals of women in films these days. Like, I mean, you see like like I like I mentioned Hereditary or like Paranormal mm-hmm. Activity, like you see it happening and or Eli Roth and doing hustle. Like you see it happening in a lot of different genres, but I would love to see a horror film from like a woman. I can't even think of a female director who does. Well, Mary Heron. I mean, there are Karen Kusama, Jennifer Kent, Mary Heron. Uh, You know, and I have tried to get some of these ladies on 
this show to talk about the genre and how they feel as women in in this genre that so often is mutilating women yeah. <laughs> and what yeah. that means. But I know I haven't had any luck. But if you're listening, ladies, you have open invitation. But yeah, I mean, the more and I think on television that is changing, certainly on criminal. Yeah. Minds, most I mean, overwhelming amount of directors were women, you know. Yeah, that's interesting. I really love that. That's really yeah. great. I mean, Criminal Mind, you're doing great work on Criminal Mind. Thank you, darling. Any other Scream Queens you want to shout out to? I kind of feel like Elizabeth Moss is kind of a I could, queen. yes. Elizabeth Moss. I mean, I do want to, like, uh, have you seen Us? No. Oh, my God. Is it Lupita? Yes, Lupita. Yeah. And I always... But I always, I always like want to say I confuse us and them because <laughs> it's just one <laughs> words. And I'm like, am I saying it right? Was it us or was it them? Um, uh, us, Lupita, again, another visceral reaction to someone not being nominated for something. Lupita not being nominated for an Oscar for essentially playing two parts. She right. was both the scream queen and she was the horror. And it was this wow. weird sort of like, and she was playing herself in both. And it was sort of this weird dance and it was one of these horror films that like was a game changer in terms of i think the genre and mm -hmm. i think because i don't know i mean it was successful but i also I, I i don't i don't know if there's a lot of other projects like that coming out you know what i mean like yeah. it seems singular in a lot of ways and that really made me sad because i want like 10 more films like us you know what i mean like right, i want right, right. that's the kind of horror that i feel like we need to be going into where it is a authentically diverse depiction of yeah. a horror story where Elizabeth Moss is in it as the best friend. And she is incredible as that annoying white <laughs> lady who's talking about the little plastic surgery she's had done that she's only confessing to her friend and like all of the, the crazy things. And then of course you hate this person so much because she becomes that sort of like annoying white lady that you see at like Gelson sometimes that mm -hmm. is like correcting the person checking you out. And like, she just, she, you just, you want to see something happen to her, not like right. that or anything. But right. You want to see like someone hit her fender or something. Like you want to see something bad happen to her then that afternoon. Right. And us gives you that because Elizabeth mm -hmm. Moss gets killed in like the most spectacular of ways. <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's just so, it was just, it's such a satisfying horror film. Mm -hmm. And so Elizabeth Moss is fully a scream queen in that. And 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 so is Lupita in her own kind of way, in a very sort yeah. of Jamie Lee Curtis Halloween way. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that movie may have gotten eclipsed because of the how big Get Out was. Yes. That maybe yeah. it sort of somehow was. Which is unfortunate because it's like there's plenty of space for like a like a paranormal activity and a Conjuring and a all these films to come out. But it's like and those are all very similar too. Mm -hmm. And yet you have one two films that are kind of similar and they're like oh, okay well we got the one <laughs> too many <laughs> too many and it's like no they're all amazing and in fact i would argue us was better than get out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i would did i you, mean I, it was really good the, did you see the candy man no i haven't yet i have not yet i need to see the candy man that's the one that i i don't know why i've been putting off seeing that but that is definitely the original or do you ever see the original i have one? seen the original yes yeah. And yeah. I do think it's perfect for a remake, like yeah. absolutely perfect for a remake. Right, right, right. I was telling Ben, he got so excited that I actually got to audition Tony Todd a couple weeks oh. ago. He's just so creepy. So, <laughs> and like, See, you know, I tend to not respond to the male driven ones, which is, I mean, uh, typical for me as a queer person. But like if there's a woman in leading a horror thing or if there's like the new Halloween coming out oh, yeah. with Kyle Ooh. Richards in it. Oh, God. Oh, God. 
there is something happening in me that like I saw I went to the films I went to the I went to the, the I saw a preview for it the other day and in the movie theater like mask on I was like ooh, oh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like it was <laughs> I was getting so hot and bothered just because it was so exciting I'm I cannot wait that's wonderful you know the other time of year I mean obviously during Halloween a lot of um, horror films are released but do you know the other day that has the most horror films released and this was the no. only time I would ever go see a horror film when valentine's day oh yeah that makes sense valentine's that's fitting. i hate valentine i used to hate i still do i've I still always do. hated valentine's do. day and in in defense or whatever in reaction against valentine's day i would always go see a horror movie so i saw, I mean, I saw silence of the lambs on valentine's day or something oh that's a good now that's now that's a good horror genre there there's actually a great guy i forget now i'm blanking on his name but i did a I did an article on sort of like the anniversary of Silence of the Lambs and sort mm -hmm. of what it did for the horror genre and how it's kind of complicated in terms of queer cinema history because mm -hmm. of the depiction of a lot of things. Anyway, and there's this guy who's doing a thing for Shudder, I believe, a documentary on sort of the history of queer tropes in horror films and mm -hmm. how interesting it is that like there is a queer sort of lexicon of in, of interesting characters in different situations and even coded care queer coded characters in the mm. horror genre that often don't face the best of fates in, in these films but they but it is a really interesting conversation because i think people forget that like marginalized people queer people but in general women uh people of color love the horror genre too it just so often gets sort of taken over by one type of person going to the conventions or one type of person being the very loud voice talking about horror. And right. it's like, no, there's a lot of other people who love the genre a right. lot. Right, right, right. Well, my dear, I think that's, 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 we, we, is that everything? Have we covered all of them? I don't think, I think people, it, like a true horror fan is going to be like, where's this person? Where's oh, this person? Yeah. No, I'm sorry, guys. We, we, we forgot D Wallace, be yes. wonderful D Wallace, who oh. I loved her in, oh my God, in Cujo, she was heartbreaking. And yes. Then, uh, the howling. Oof. Oh my God. There are okay. so many. There's the act. There, there are also the actress in uh, the first uh, Friday the 13th. I'm forgetting her name, but the mom in that too was also terrifying. Right. Uh, I have I have like a list here um, somewhere. She's um, a great sc screen queen sort of, you know, hero. Her in the boat at the end with the hand coming out. And like, right. I mean, that of all screen queen moments, that is a scream. <laughs> I literally was like, <gasps> Oh my gosh. I'm trying to find the name of this woman and because she was on my Betsy Palmer. No. Oh, that sounds that sounds right. Um, yeah, there are a lot who who really embrace the genre and they just kind of go on and on. You know, lots of movies that we've probably never heard of, but like, you know, they they just go on and on and on. Well, and of course Linda Blair. Linda Blair. <laughs> Linda Blair. Linda Blair. But then I see it's so weird because I never think of The Exorcist as a horror film, even though I know it is. Oh, interesting. Interesting. But I think it's Adrian King who was the who was Adrian the woman. King, yeah. Adrian King was the uh yeah, she was the young woman in Friday the 13th. Funny thing about that book I, I mentioned about women, men, chainsaws is that they talk about these 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 movies about possession like The Exorcist, but it's always, you know, the woman is being possessed and horrible things yeah. are happening to her, but it's in service of the male characters. Yeah. So like Father Marin or whoever it is in The Exorcist is having this crisis of faith, crisis of consciousness. Yeah. And the only way he can come to Jesus again, so to speak, is by helping this yeah. who's being completely, you know. Which is wild because yeah. like no one watches it for the father. 
No, no, no. <laughs> no, no one no. watches it for the priest. They only watch it for Linda Blair. And I personally watch it for Ellen Burstein. Oh, who? Oh, my God. Who would? I mean, oh. she should have won the Oscar for that. So she oh, won absolutely. the next year for absolutely. Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, which is great. But whatever. But whatever. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> wears a, 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 you know, those hostess outfits that they used to wear in the 70s where it was like yes. matching pants and a yes. little, like caftan top. The Nobody full rocks that look. like Ellen Burstein. No one Burstein. does. Nobody. No one. Oh my god, incredible. Also, also you could say Requiem for a Dream, another screen queen. Right. Yeah, Ellen Bracing right. would be a right. great screen queen there. A little bit different, a little older, but still different. Yeah. yeah. Well, my love, thank this you. This was for so much fun. Thank oh, you for having me. I'm so glad that you had time to jump on. Tell us again anything you want to promote. We we're gonna look into your new podcast. Uh, yeah, listen to the uh, the murder of Robert Wan on Audible, and you can find me, H. Allen Scott, on everything or drag Sadie Pines on everything. And there's lots of fun stuff out there happening in the world that you should have fun with me with. <laughs> oh, I would love to. Oh, are, are, yeah. you, are you going as anything for Halloween? I was I was thinking of that. We like my boyfriend and I were sort of bouncing around ideas. And I think probably the best idea I have so far is to be from mommy dearest Christina Crawford, but after she gets beaten with the wire hanger and she has all the the cleaning material on her that looks like flour. I think that's what I'm gonna be for Halloween. Oh. Speaking of scream queens, Christina yeah. oh. Crawford. There you go. There yeah. you go. On I just want to walk around going, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh i love it i love it and i love you okay well happy you too. Halloween. Thank, you. thank you for coming and for of now course. this is killer casting signing off